Welcome back. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and so you know, this year we have a short 13-episode season throughout the autumn months, talking to some innovators, some regulars, and some inspiration to get you in the Real Estate Know for 2023. Today, we are breaking all the rules and talking about buying an investment property before your first home, which may go against the grain for some. But after you've listened to this episode, you'll be convinced that it's the better way to go. And we have the perfect person to tell us all about it. Property wealth creator, Chris Christoffi from Reventon. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Real Copyright is Melbourne's favourite go-to real estate copywriting service as we have decades of experience, respectful and polite copywriters, and we know how to get you your copy quickly. If you need a copywriting service that works to your deadlines, knows Melbourne property and helps you get the best buyers to your property door, call us on 5977-889 or go to realcopyright.com.au. multi-award winning businessman, best-selling author, philanthropist, Vinny's ambassador and property investor Chris Christoffi from Reventon came from humble beginnings and has since built his wealth and others through the power of property investing to the success he is today. Welcome Chris. Thanks so much for coming on to Real Estate Right today for our very first episode for the new year. How are you? Very good. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about your journey for our listeners. Well, my journey was uh, I started in real estate back when I was 19. I yeah. um, I was the youngest of four kids, and my father gave us all a deposit to get into the property market when we were married. Now, I wasn't married, yeah. and I said, I'm probably not going to get married for a long time. Dad, can I have the money early? And he goes, yeah. what do you want the money for, son? I said, I want to buy a car. He said, no, unless you buy a piece of real estate, you can't have it. So I started working in real estate at a young age. I worked for a business developer. Fell absolutely yeah. in love with the process. I was an in-home consultant. I bought my first property shortly thereafter. Yeah. I um, successfully duplicated that process. I bought two, three, four, five. Yeah. By the age of 24, I had eight. Wow. I was doing quite well. The company I was working for then went into receivership, unfortunately, and owed me 780000 I lost my job. I had a one-year-old son who contracted contracted bacterial meningitis, hospitalized for two and a half weeks, almost lost him. Yeah. So everything happened very quick. So I went from uh, penthouse to no house very quick. Wow. I had to move back into my parents Yeah. and left with a debt of 348 grand. And I thought to myself, you know what? I love real estate. I know that I can uh, help people make money in real estate. And I've learned a lot through my mistakes because I over leveraged back yeah. then. Um, borrowing money was a lot easier than it was now. Mm. Low doc loans, low doc loans, no doc loans are a lot more prevalent. Yes. And um, yeah, I started my company Reventon from my parents' uh, house mm-hmm. with a debt of three hundred forty-eight thousand. That wow. was seventeen and a half years ago. And look where you are now. Yeah, we've we've done. We've, we're quite happy to say the goal was to have a fully integrated financial services company. 
offering our clients from A to Z service. Mm -hmm. So we started in real estate. Uh, 11, 12 years ago, we started a finance arm. Yeah. Then seven years ago, property management, accounting, financial planning. Yeah. I'm very proud to say we're a multi-award winning firm. We've won over 30 industry awards. Wow. We're featured in over 50 major publications. I wrote a, an Amazon best-selling book called Your Path to Wealth, mm -hmm. which shows how we've helped over 3,000 Australians. So through all the lessons that I learned when I was younger to not over-leverage, to put the right safety nets in place, mm -hmm. to ensure that people can safely and securely invest in real estate. Yeah. And as the last chapter says, brick on brick is to duplicate that process, to be able to secure their retirement. Yeah. Well, that's all very exciting. And so you must be very proud of yourself to go as far as you've been in and, and come from really rock bottom, really. Yeah. Look, I'm proud that I have an amazing team. Mm. One thing I had as a young as a young person, I had an extremely high work ethic yes. and I fell in love with real estate. So usually it takes 10,000 hours to master any skill or craft. If you look at Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Outliers, to become an expert in your field. I've worked that worked out. I've done over one hundred and ten thousand hours in wealth creation, real estate, and so it was obviously something that I was very, very passionate about. I was mm. always surrounded with a great, great mentors, which is something that's helped me a lot in my career, and an amazing team. So we have a, a like-minded team. They care about their clients. They care about their growth, and we're going from strength to strength, which is great. Now, to talk about today's topic, we are talking about why should we buy an investment property before our first home. And this is something that you're an expert on, aren't you? I am. It's funny, that, <laughs> funny you say that because rent vesting has now become a very, very popular term. Yes. Now, I I am currently a rent vester. So when yeah. I was 19, I bought my first investment property in New South Wales, Tweed, mm -hmm. and I rented in Taylor's Lake. So where you should invest doesn't mean it's the right area for you to live. You might want to live somewhere close to your amenity, close to your lifestyle. And now as property prices are going so high, it's becoming unaffordable for people. So now yeah. investing is actually a much more common option. But mm. the reason why it's a better option and the reason why I reinvest is because my money is 100% tax efficient. Yes. I invest where it's areas for prime growth. Mm -hmm. And I live in areas like South Bank, South Yarra. So in the last 20 four years. I've only ever owned two properties I've lived in for a short period of time. Mm. And I've been renting for probably 20 of those years. And I own multiple properties, which I write a lot about. Yeah. So it's definitely the smartest way to use your money effectively from a tax perspective, mm -hmm. and also to invest in prime areas that are looking at uh, nine o'clock on the property clock, but have emerging signs why they're going to grow. But you yes. might want to live in a different area. But yeah. as I said before, becoming a lot more harder to get in real estate. So now reinvesting is becoming more prevalent. People are buying in regional Victoria. People yes. are buying in areas like South Australia because it's cheaper. And getting into the market and securing a piece of real estate while it's going up and you're paying it off, you can just duplicate that process. It's a lot safer. Yes, it is. As a first-time buyer, some people go, but hey, wait a minute, the government's giving us some incentives to buy our first home with their special first-home buyer schemes and their home build schemes. If you're like in your 20s, and you've got that cash deposit for a property, why should they consider buying an investment property first before their first home? Well, look, you've got to you've got to weigh up all the options. And a lot of people, I don't tell you this is the right thing for you, this is the right thing, because you need all the information. No. So there's a lot of more yes. questions that need to be asked. But what I will tell you, um, mm -hmm. the benefits of buying an investment, as we've stated, 
is yes. it's tax efficient debt. If you're using the home first homeowners grant, which a lot of people are using as incentive to get into the market, mm. doesn't necessarily mean that's the right property for you to buy. Are you borrowing the right amount of money? I got my first homeowners grant on my eighth or ninth property because all the properties that I owned, I could prove that I purchased after a period of time. I forget the date. And I can prove yes. I never lived in it. So I still yeah. was entitled to my first homeowners grant, even though I had multiple investment properties. So even if they buy a property, that doesn't necessarily would mean that they lose the first homeowners grant. But I don't yeah. think that alone is a reason for you to buy your own home because they're giving you the grants. I mm. think you need to ask a lot more questions yes, and see what's my LVR. Um, can I buy something cheaper that I don't pay lenders mortgage insurance if possible? Can I buy an area that's probably going to grow more? Because you've got to look at when you're buying your own home, there's a larger element of emotion there because you're buying a home that you live in. When you're mm -hmm. buying an investment, what's the one key reason you invest for? Money. Get to make money. money. So you can be a lot more singular in your focus. When you're mm -hmm. buying your own home, there's a lot more emotion involved. I want to buy that house in that area. It's got to have a red picket fence, all that yes. kind of stuff. So it's not necessarily 100% for from a financial perspective. So it comes mm. down to clarifying exactly why you want that home. Is it because you mm. want to live there? Is it because it's the first homeowner's grant? Is it because it's the right area for you to buy? Mm. These are the things that when you come to Reventon, we actually do a, a discovery meeting because I really want to deep dive in exactly what the client's trying to achieve. I'm not going to mm. steer them towards this or this. My goal is to give our clients and my team gives our clients all the information possible for them to make an informed, educated decision on where and what. Because there's a, there's benefits both ways. And that's the thing. Everybody, and it's just human nature, we get advice from parents and friends and, and all these people who are not experts in what is actually possible with real estate. And coming to a company like yours uh, really helps you set in stone other alternatives to what you've been bombarded with all your life. Like it is the great Australian dream to buy their first home. We need to change that thought process, don't we? Say, well, hey, wait, there is a better way. 100% there's a better way. And the great Australian dream is broken. It's old. It mm. doesn't work. What I mean by that is that's what's leading 85 to 95% of Australians to be broke in retirement. So we need to change mm. that question and change the dialogue and see what's going to work for each individual. Now, you've got to look at all mm. these things we've mentioned, property prices, yes, average incomes, net disposable income, risk tolerances. All these factors need to be considered. But that advice wasn't working then. And let me assure you, it's definitely not working now. The great Australian dream, I think the great Australian dream should be to be financially secure. Now, whether you yes. own your own home or you own a ton of investments, doesn't really matter. So the mm. question, I think, should be a lot different. And as I said, that information is what's led so many people to be uh, broke in their retirement, unfortunately. Yes, definitely. I think there's too much red tape with um, with government things. And, and the other thing you've got to think about with government incentives, there's still some sense of ownership of the government about your choices, isn't there? Yeah, but I do want to comment too when you said... Um, before that, the, the you know, uh, the great Australian dream or buying in certain areas and speaking to the wrong people. Although people get uh, information from uninformed family and friends, if they're not mm. an expert in their field 
and they can't show people how to do this for a living. How can they show you? But people get emotional yeah. advice, like they buy emotional property. You should get logical. Yeah. So for me, if you go to a company like myself or other companies, I'll stress test their results. How long have you been mm. in the game for? How many people have you helped? Now, for us, we've got over 150 years collective experience in our management. We've helped over 3,200 clients get into the market. We live and breathe real estate. We invest in the areas we invest. So for me, I'm a lot more confident with someone who's got yes. a proven track record. He's going to guide you a lot better. Now, even myself, mm. I've got a team of people. Even though I understand finance, I go to one of my team members. They write loans all day. They're on top of compliance. They're on top of how laws change. They're on top of the right structures. Mm. The, our property people are on top of the right areas. So by having a team of people, they can put together a plan from that discovery meeting to ensure that you hit all those targets. But if you go to an uninformed family or friend member or someone who's bought three properties, can he give you specific advice based on your current circumstances? And you're looking at someone who's bought three or someone who's sold over three, four, five thousand properties, whoever you may go to, and that yes. does it for a living. So I always say the cheapest advice is the most expensive. Make sure mm. you get good quality advice from people that have a proven track record. And how do you know? Yes. Research them. Go online. How long have they been around for? You, you, you'll tend to see very quick because everybody on the internet is a property expert today. And a lot of them mm. don't even own real estate themselves. So the big yeah. red flag is what do they do themselves? Are they walking the, they talk the talk, do they walk the walk? That's what I always look at. Mm. Yes. And that's, and I think that's a big, a big thing. That's, that's for sure. Cause there are plenty of uh, like, you know, even if you get a property manager, like when I write staff profiles, for instance, I ask property managers, oh, you know, do you have an investment property yourself? And they go, oh, no, no, I'm only like 22. I don't have anything. It's like, eh, well, I really don't want you managing my property because you've got no idea what my perspective is. Yeah, look, yeah. that's I guess that's the service-based thing. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, um, if you're selling it specifically, you're at that next level. Mm. A lot of people get in property management to maybe segue across, but I understand your point 100%. It makes you feel a lot yeah. more confident when you know this person's a property owner as well. So you mm. So you've convinced my 20-something-year-old son with the idea of rent vesting rather than buying their first property. Now, what criteria makes an ideal first investment property? So not over leverage, great tax deductions, and a, a mid-fours to early 5% rental yield, so it doesn't cost much to hold. Yes. Because wh when you look at an investment property, obviously an emerging market's important. Mm -hmm. So let's say you you start here. As the property grows, you're building equity. Yes. But if you could not over-leverage, because what I did when I was earlier, and that's how I lost all my real estate, I lost my job. Mm. Now, my my plan back then was good if I kept my job, if my properties were tenanted 52 weeks of the year, if mm. rates didn't go up too much. So it wasn't a robust strategy. The mm. strategy was good if the market kept flying up. Yes. Now, what I've learned and what I wrote about in my book, Your Path to Wealth Brick by Brick, the Reventon formula, is to put the right safety nets in place. So mm. you're better off buying something you can afford. And if you mm. can afford $50, $100 a week, make sure your commitment's only 50 Make sure you can afford an interest rate hike. So if it's for 3%, make sure you can afford 45 or 5 because yeah. then it might go up. Make sure you allow an 8% vacancy rate. Have a $30,000 buffer because what that does is allows you time to do different things. Find another job to ensure you can fix your rates if they go up. All these different variables. So if you buy something you can afford, the beauty, as it goes up, you're building equity. But if you're also paying down at the same time, it's having a, a two-prone effect. So the yeah. more equity you have, 
the safer your LBR is, your loan-to-value ratio, which means you can duplicate the process to buy your second, third, fourth. And using this exact strategy, I bought over 20 properties in four years because I used this exact methodology. I'm buying in high-growth areas, making sure I can afford them as I'm paying off the debts going down and just kept going. Yeah. So do you have any particular tips on what suburbs, towns or regions are doing particularly well now or is that a revent and secret? Look, it's not a Reventon secret, but what I will advise, I'll say to everyone as a disclaimer, before you look and buying anything, speak to someone, have that discovery meeting, because what's good for one person might not be good for you. Now, if you're looking at high emerging markets, Southeast Queensland, Adelaide, um, we're looking Mm. at some areas in Perth and pockets, we were selling in regional Victoria, the Mm. property clock being at nine o'clock is an emerging market. If something's already boomed, you're probably too, too late. So what mm. you need to look at is forward indicators. Why something grew? Was it infrastructure? Was it uh, jobs, supply mm. and demand? Was it greenfielding? There's so many key factors that will allow a property area to grow. Is it mm. affordability? What's ha- happening there? What's the walk score? Is there schools? Is there shopping centers? All yeah. these factors are important. Mm. So people go, when's the right time to invest in property, Chris? I said, yesterday always. In <laughs> some area in Australia, yeah. it's nine o'clock. Which yes. is, I refer to the property clock a lot. What's the forward indicator? So I look at an area like Geelong, where we sold hundreds of properties there. We were in Geelong in 2014, eight years ago. Mm. Now, the yeah. properties we were selling there were high threes to early 400,000s. Yeah. They're renting for 420. They're 800,000 now. The rent's only 480, which yeah. means we're looking at the next area. But we were there before. A lot of people like myself were there. Now people go, go to Geelong. It's one of the best suburbs. You made all this money. Go down Trunk Creek. Yeah. You're probably too late to get that prime growth there. Mm. So what we do is we research to be ahead of that market curve. Where is it going? Yeah. So, um, yeah, speak to someone. There's some great areas as well. Mm. Do some research. But before you do any of that, people say affordability is king. Location, mm. location, location. I say affordability, affordability, affordability. Buy where you can afford. And make yes. sure that it doesn't put you in the wrong position like I did when I was younger and over leveraged. Yeah. And then you can duplicate that process. I say the first investment property is the most important. The reason I say that's a stepping stone to your second, third, fourth, fifth. Yes. Don't make that stepping stone too far away. Make mm-hmm. it a close step that you can duplicate that again. Brick yeah. on brick on brick. Chapter eight in my book. If yeah. the stepping stone's too far, you've bought in an area and you've over leveraged, you will not be able to get into the market for a long time again. And you're mm-hmm. putting yourself in a precarious position. So they're the things that we talk to people about. Yeah. Another thing, obviously, you need to talk about is um, what type of tenant it will attract. So, for instance, you know, if you're going to be buying something in Hawthorne East, for instance, you might attract uh, a Swinburne University student more likely than not sort of thing. Or most property managers will suggest that uh, a working professional working couple is the ideal tenant because you've got two incomes coming in. If, if something goes wrong, at least one person can actually... Um, afford to pay the rent kind of thing so, like knowing what tenant will attract to that property is that part of those indicators of how to uh, how to choose that first investment um, not really because where we look at and where we buy uh, again i refer to my book a lot because mm. i put a lot of my knowledge in that book yes. I, I, the, the the rental pyramid which is something that i've established the sweet spot's kind of in the middle the two income okay. families if it's a four-bedroom home and where you look at but you want to, you know, before you buy a property in an area, let's just say it's a new build, what sort of tenant mm. that's going to attract. Now, yeah. you want to have that demographic where it's an open range. 
mm. as a family because that they're going to be the easiest to rent, yeah. lowest vacancy rates, and there's yeah. so many indicators to why that's a that's a more rentable investment. But also worrying about those macros, that's why you have insurances in place as well. So okay. it's understanding to set up that property correctly from the start. Make sure mm. we're going good areas. You've got a good property manager that screens your tenants well. Make sure yeah. they've done their reference checks. They do their rent reviews and that. Again, um, we are very fortunate. We won the console uh, award, which has over 11,000 people using it, Reventon Residential. So it's something yeah. I'm very proud of. We, we, um, we've won awards in multiple disciplines, whether that be finance, accounting, property management, financial planning. So that having that award-winning team, it's their job yeah. to work for you to ensure all these things happen. Yeah. Obviously, we've we've talked about the Venton team, but what other professionals do we need to support us on this journey? You need a great broker that's mm-hmm. on your team. You need a great uh, property manager, a, a great mm-hmm. agent, a good accountant to make sure he's maximizing all his tax efficiencies and a yeah. good planner to ensure you have the right insurances in place. So any good yeah. strategy when it comes to an investment plan should have a team of experts. Now, that team mm-hmm. is highly recommended that they know what your discovery meeting where you've got all your goals and yeah. objectives and they're pulling in the right direction. So if you've got an accountant that's over mm-hmm. here, a planner that's over here, and they're giving you different advice, buy an apartment, buy a house, buy here, buy interstate, that's probably not going to serve you to maximize building your wealth. But understanding what your I want to build uh, my pro- property portfolio, I want to reduce my tax, I want to look at uh, new build, established, um, this is, when I, this is going to be my extra strategy in five to 10 years. You'll put together a really robust strategy, but you're pulling in the right direction. So that's how I, when I yeah. started Reventon in 2005, my ideology was always to have a fully integrated financial services company that can offer yeah. all those services together. It's more efficient for your time, but also more yeah. importantly, we're on the same page. Yeah. And that's that's a big thing. Yeah. Being on the same page. Yeah. I know that, you know, if you've got an accountant doing one thing and, and you know, your buyer's advocate or something saying something else, it's like, ah, your head's screaming because you're so confused. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's also important to have the order in place too. So when people look for their first investment property or even, you know, first home, um, they always go, oh, this is the one. But the reality is looking for the property first is not the greatest strategy to to do. Like, what steps should we take to ensure the process is in the right Basically, order? whatever steps people are thinking, reverse them. Let me give you an example yeah. of what I mean. Traditionally, what people do is they walk into a bank. Hey, um, this is my asset and liability. What can I borrow? 800000 They go to a local agent. They look at properties at 800000 in that area. What we do is, mm. um, so Sue, what's your um, what's your affordability like? I can borrow eight hundred, but I can only afford X per week. Mm-hmm. You should look at something from five to 600000 then we look at areas Australia-wide mm. that can give you maximum tax efficiencies. We know what they're going to rent for. High rent yield, as we discussed yeah. before, with maximum tax efficiencies. Then we look for real estate. So we do it exactly yeah. the opposite. Real estate should be the last piece of the puzzle. Because when you look at an area, you get emotional. Traditionally, that's how people do it. And if you go to a local yeah. agent, where do you think he's going to recommend you properties? In a local area? In his suburb. In his, yeah. Now, what if, the, what if the right area to invest is interstate in a different suburb? So you're looking at property with a real narrow-minded. Mm, already. We yeah. look at property Australia-wide. Because remember, as we said before, 
we're targeting that prime area for mm. growth. Now, that's so, so important because it's going to duplicate your investment mm. strategy to keep buying properties. So as I mentioned before, go speak to an expert. Your time and due diligence should be done on the front yes. end before you get into the marketplace, mm. not after. Don't go to a bank. What can I borrow? Go to a great broker that he can understand what your risk tolerance is, what your net disposable income is. All these key factors play a massive role, not only what you can borrow, but more importantly, what you should borrow. Yep. And that's the thing. A lot of people get whisked away with the ideal scenario and they don't really come back to ground to sort of say, okay, this is what I'm actually able to do. Yep. Well, we're going to have a little break. And when we come back, we will talk to Chris more about why your first property is so important and how it will help you build your investment portfolio. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm Sue Langada, and we are talking to the very impressive Chris Christoffi from Reventon about why we should be buying an investment property before our first home. Now, Chris, let's think about our tenants. What are your thoughts on long-term rentals versus short-term rentals like Airbnbs um, and rentals like rooming houses or NDIS-style investments, where investors seem to get more income from their properties? What are your thoughts on those? Hey, look, my thoughts are you need, need, really need to understand the terms and conditions. Mm. When they had NRAS, which was National Rental Affordability yeah. Scheme, where they gave people $100,000 over X period of time in um, government grants, but you had to give 20% discounting mm. the rent. You had to use different solicitors to buy it. It attracted a different level of tenant. A lot of these properties ended up in VCAT. It's never what it seems yeah. to be. You need to read the terms and the conditions. But NDIS is the same. Um, you know, uh, defense housing is the same. They offer high rent to use, but traditionally, if you look at the investment over a period of time, it doesn't grow mm-hmm. as much. Your deposit you need is higher. Your LVRs yes. are different because they um, require you to put in more deposit. So if you're putting a deposit for 300000 you could probably use that money because it's a larger deposit to buy a $600,000 mm. property. Now, when you're leveraging against a piece of real estate, if you're leveraging 5% on 300, that's 15,000 in the mm. first year, 5% on 630. But what the magic happens when that compounds? Mm. So using the same money to buy one of these other investments, you can buy something that's more expensive that can grow more because you're leveraging 100% against mm. that asset. So what I will recommend or what I will advise, I should say, is read the T's and C's and understand it's never what it seems when it comes to government uh, programs like that. Based on my experience with NRAS, NDIS, I understand it. It sounds all great Mm. on paper. The returns sound great. What I'd like to know is what are the returns? What did you buy it for? What did you sell it for? And how many people made money? So I'd like to stress test that like I did with NRAS because before I sell anything to my clients, I need to understand the fundamentals. Mm. And also another thing with them, they had to use consortiums that were charging 10% uh, for management fees. There were so many hidden things. So that 100 looked like 20 by the time it came out the other end, but you've got all these other disadvantages yeah. and you've got to sell it as an NRAS thing as well. So like with anything, you really need to understand the T's and C's. If it looks so glitzy and glamoury from a return yeah. perspective, 
uncover the T's and C's and get to know it. Now, if that's too daunting and you don't know where to start, go speak to an expert. Not that just sells an NDIS program. An speak independent to one. Both people on the coin so you can make an informed yeah. decision. Yes. there's the, Yeah, there are lots of... Uh... Strategies out there, it's not just your standard, you know, I'll get $500 a week out of this for 52 weeks of the year, isn't there? That's correct. Do you want to go through a couple of them? So, for instance, a long-term tenant, obviously the 52 weeks a year, we're getting a regular income. Like I know when I've gone to, you know, the banks and all that sort of stuff, when they evaluate your financial situation, they will say things like how secure is your tenant and, and you know, how much have you made out of it? Um, if you've got an Airbnb, for instance, they'll say we want it to be based on a 52-week-a-year kind of uh, rental. The pros and cons of a long-term tenant, like I guess you have less income. Well, Airbnb, traditionally, the reason they do that is because yeah. you're supposed to be getting a higher rental yield. Because if you look at like um, yeah. I had a holiday house in Safety Beach, the Airbnb would get higher rates. So my rent for... Yes. Thousand a week, fifty-two thousand, but Airbnb might get eighty thousand, and I don't have it rented fifty-two weeks yeah. of the year. So that's kind of why they no. use the Airbnb sort of style investment. Now, in terms of, uh, yeah. they'll use a percentage when it comes to a bank, so they might not use a hundred percent of the rent; they might use eighty percent. Different banks have different policies, so the way they look at mm. it from an income perspective might vary from lender to lender, which is usually the case. Um, but yeah. Understanding those macros, it's. I'm going to go back to what I said. Have the right team. Let yeah. your agent do all that stuff. When you buy an investment, all you want to be doing yeah. is focusing on your work, bringing in an income, spending time with your family. Let the experts deal with that, and let. That's why you pay them a fee for, yeah. which is tax deductible as well. So they should be educating and informing yeah. you how it's all tracking along the way. Sometimes the actual relief is actually putting it into the right people's hands, isn't it? A hundred percent. Look and. Yeah. If you think about it, do you want to manage an investment property? No. Okay, let's say you want to do one and some say yes. Try doing five or ten. Yeah. Do you want to have those no. phone calls? And I can assure you, um, even all the properties I don't I don't I don't do that that work. That's why I pay a good agent for. That's why it's and it's tax efficient. So yeah. again, get the right team, get mm-hmm. the right information, and then you can act um in a confident manner. Yeah. Yes. So say I've just bought my first investment property with Reventon. Yay. Now I'm getting excited. I want to build my investment portfolio. When can I buy my next property? Great question. We get this all the time. I start by saying congratulations. And when our client buys a property, I always say this is where our service begins. It doesn't end. So we do six-month reviews with our clients because we want to make sure they're on track. Even though it can be a set-and-forget policy, I want the clients to be understanding of what their main goal was to buy X properties, mm. to pay off their mortgage, to build their wealth, to have a retirement surplus of one, two, three million, depending on what their lifestyle requirements are. So yeah. re- revisiting this strategy and ensuring you're buying multiple properties is paramount. So having reviews. So we call our clients to come in. We've had clients buy four, five, six properties off us over years. We want to make sure yeah. that their strategy is moving ahead. One property's done great and it's working. You're paying off your mortgage or reducing your tax. Great. Let's buy a second, let's buy a third. Some people are trigger happy. How many can I buy? Let's start with this. Let's work one and move it into the second, third, and fourth. And also, Mm -hmm. as you increase your competency when you're investing in real estate, your confidence grows, your risk tolerance grows. So this is uh, what we see with our clients, and this is what we educate them on as well. 
How can Reventon help budding investors through the process? Well, as I said at the start, it's a discovery meeting. I wanna, We want yeah. to understand your goals and objectives, what we're working yeah. with in terms of your income, your debt levels, your credit cards, do you have kids, what your goals and aspirations are, what your net disposable income. And based mm-hmm. on that, then we'll look at it. So remember we said this strategy for buying a property is the exact reverse? Yes. You go to the agent, you go to the bank. Start there. Let's start with a fact find. Let's start with a discovery meeting. Now, it's free yeah. and obligation to have that conversation with Reventon because we have that much confidence mm-hmm. in our ability to give you great information that by speaking to us, we, we will uh, make sure that you're confident to make the right decision. And we're also hoping, based yeah. on our track record, based on what we show you, they go, I want to give this company a go. We only ask for people's trust once because our results yeah. and our work will do the heavy lifting the second, third, and fourth time. And we present mm-hmm. it in a manner to make sure that it's free and obligation so people can get that information. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on to Real Estate Right. If our listeners want to get in contact with you, how can they learn how to invest using the Reventon formula? Reventon.com.au. You can go on, that, go on our website. Yeah. All of our contact details are there. They can make an appointment. You can email me, Chris, at Reventon.com.au, but info at Reventon goes to us yes. as well. Reventon.com.au. And uh, one of my friendly team members will call you to make an appointment. You can call the office director, make an appointment. They'll ask you a few questions to ensure that when you come in, we're prepared. And we go from there. Very easy to get in touch with us. We'd love to speak to people and get them on the right path. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sue. Thank you. Next week, we have our whiz accountant, Nello Trevacanti from Belmont's Accountants and Advisors to talk to us about land tax. Nello goes through all the different possibilities that will lead you down to a path of needing to pay land tax. It's an unnerving subject for most, but if we are empowered with the knowledge when buying property, it will make it easier at tax time, so don't miss it. Real Estate Right is brought to you by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting services. This podcast is produced and written by me, Sue Langada with the help of our social media expert, Jade Bomanis. We would like to thank Podbean for distributing this podcast, Zoom for the recording, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for our introduction. We would love for you to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or on our website, realestateright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right.